All right, it says we are live. So I am going to just verify that on my mobile device here. Oh, we are there. We are live. All right. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Jerry Kuykendall, Coach Jerry with Biohacking Truth. And um, today I have a very special interview with, uh, with a very powerful, powerful individual. Um, her name is Ruth. And Ruth and I uh, crossed paths on Instagram, actually. And uh, Ruth started engaging with a lot of my posts. So I started engaging with a lot of her posts. And, and it became very apparent right away that Ruth was going through a personal journey and there was some stuff going on in Ruth's life. And uh, we were we were talking the other day on the phone, actually. Uh, she was inquiring about a group program that I'm that I'm launching here. And and uh, and we'd spoke before, Ruth, and I knew you were going through some stuff. But for whatever reason, uh, it hadn't really sunk in with me the extent of what you've gone through. And I'll be honest with you, like halfway, you know, about the first half of our conversation the other day, I was almost in shock uh, at, at your story and not just what happened to you, but how you're reacting to it and responding. You're just, you've just got this strength about you and um, this resolve despite everything you've gone through. And uh, I just thought, boy, people need to hear your story. And so just to uh, kind of preface for everybody, Ruth is in Australia where where yeah. uh, where it had been. Um, you guys have been really deeply affected by the um, the fascism. I think we can say that right by yeah. definition. Google the term. Mm -hmm. It matches. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you guys have been exposed to an extreme level of fascism and uh this, this we have real results for this and um, mm. we'll do our best to be careful uh you know in the words we use uh, mm -hmm. and that's just so as many people can can see this as possible but mm -hmm. um but ruth yeah you you were directly affected in multiple on multiple levels by what happened and and uh, the way that that the world governments have chose to to approach this particular topic so mm -hmm. um, when you were faced with, you, you were telling me about a meeting that you were in at work and, and I'll ask you to explain to the people what it is that you did as much as you can share. And, and then if you could share with, with, with the audience, what you shared with me about the conversations that were going on and you knowing what was coming up for you. Uh, would you mind going into that a little bit and, and, and what was going through your heart and your mind at that time when you realized what was happening? Sure. Um, thank you, first of all, Jerry, for having me on. I have a great deal of admiration for you and um, what you do and, and how you are uh, very clearly changing many lives. So I'm grateful to have um, been invited to have a chat with you here. Um, you. I will explain a little bit of, uh, before I go into answering your question, if I may, sure. Uh, sure. why there might have been a little bit of disconnect between the first time we spoke and the second time we spoke. Okay. Um, because I wasn't fully transparent the first time we spoke. So oh, the first okay. time we spoke, I was very guarded about what I shared and the extent that I would share it. 
Um, gotcha. And then I watched a um, a podcast that you uh, that you had where you were talking about trauma with another gentleman whose name escapes me for now. And you mm-hmm. guys were talking about trauma and grief, and yeah. you were so open. And it because that was the moment that it registered for me. Oh, this is the kind of conversation he wanted to have because I did leave the first time thinking I don't think I got the most value out of that discussion. So gotcha. I was like, and before that, um, we there was no arrangement to speak with you again. I just felt like if I had the chance to speak with you again, I would really tell my story. Um, so this group program thing came up, and that's where you got to hear the details in you know more comprehensive way. So gotcha, gotcha. Well, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But what also would make sense is that I was just like, for whatever reason, missed it. <laughs> but thank you. It's <laughs> okay. No, no. I, I, I saw, I saw the trend. Uh, the, you know, the progression of, of our, of how I pulled back the layers, and I yeah. it was um, maybe not intentional, but that's just the way it went for me. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm really grateful that I had the chance to really share my story. Um, so going back to your question about um, the conversations that I was privy to, so yeah. the nature of my work was um, as an investigator uh, regarding staff misconduct um, in an organisation um, and um, the work was quite um, intentional around identifying whether or not uh, a staff member had committed misconduct um, and what the degree of that w- would be and how we would handle that with the one of the you know higher level outcomes being termination. Um, nice. So going to that step and, and making that decision to terminate a staff member because of their, their conduct took several levels of review and assessment and decision-making because it was such a critical decision for people and had really great implications for the organisation and the staff member. So that was the the hub that I was working in in a very large organisation. Gotcha. And uh, at the time that the, the mandate started rolling around and it started becoming more of a conversation, um, uh, around, you know, not being given the opportunity to opt out of this choice that you're being, that's been presented to you to make. Uh, yeah. when it started becoming clear that, you know, we're not, we're not actually, we never really intended for it to remain a choice for you. You know, right. um, it was, it was, it was quite, it was quite, um, troubling and confronting, um, when that, opportunity to decide for yourself what is best for you and your health and um, the medications that you, you know, uh, um, allow to or you, you take into your body. When that yeah. decision and choice was being taken away from people, organisations started getting on board to implement the government's rhetoric around this, very forceful rhetoric it became. Um, right. And... Um, my organisation was not exempt from that. So I was sitting in the room where the conversation was uh, geared towards how we are going to treat staff who do not comply 
who choose that they want to risk the lives of everyone by opting out of taking this this drug. Um, And that that was the way it was framed. All of the the messaging, the narrative, the language that was being used at the higher levels of government was trickling down to the same kind of verbatim language in a workplace environment. Um, People were being framed as, yeah, it was it was ugly. It was ugly speech, um, yeah. and you know. So the question was, what to do with the with the troublesome, non-compliant ones among us? Yeah. Um, and I think the expectation was that anyone who would not comply with these mandates would, um, by virtue of their position and their uh, their uh, lack of reason, um, they obviously would have had a history of misconduct with the organization anyway. So I think that was the expectation that the only people that would, you know, resist this are people that have already caused trouble for us, already are on the radar. Um, And I know that, absolutely, you know, um, and we want to get rid of them anyway. They're not worth having in the organization. I know that there was some uh, conversation around gathering that data to see whether there was a correlation between, you know, previous history of misconduct and people, you know, deciding not to participate now. I don't know what the outcome would have been, but I'm pretty sure that if it confirmed their bias, um, they would have said something about it, you know. Oh, yeah, we already, they were known to us, you know. Uh, this is the kind of person that, that, that chooses to make or makes this kind of choice and decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. That wasn't the case for me, but I was in the room when the conversations were happening. I was hearing the, again, the parroting of the rhetoric about such people, um, how they were perceived by the organization. I was also in the room when they were talking about what the practical outcomes would be. Um, if anybody decided that they were not going to participate in this, um, whole community effort to be um, you know, to, to uh, comply with the mandate. So um, the decision was made that anyone who refused to comply would automatically be investigated for misconduct and um, the only outcome was termination. For, for what? You know, because if you're looking at it on a scale generally termination requires quite severe levels of misconduct and to decide not that should just tell you what the mentality was about your decision not to comply um was severe enough to warrant no grounds for even you know having appealing the decision um you're out and that's it and at the time when the conversation started, I hadn't made a decision. I was still asking questions. I was still wanting to get a greater understanding. I was still wanting to know why the hysteria, why the force, what is right. the risk? Right. Why is this kind of, you know, intimidation, control, coercion? Um yeah. As a context, I had not long before that left a marriage that had all of the hallmarkings of abuse, intimidation Mm. control, 
forced, yeah. you know, the threats to your existence. And I was finding it hard to separate what I was seeing at a governmental level from what I had experienced in a domestic situation. I was seeing the same kind of playbook being rolled out and yeah. I had questions. Um, yeah. What what clinched it for me, I guess, was in, in part of my, my review, I've had two corneal transplants. I'm an organ donor uh, recipient and um, my corneas have been, uh, they're, they're, donate, they're, they're donated organs. Um, mm. And I heard the interview of a lady who had the same condition as I did, keratoconus, and she, through coercion and intimidation to keep her job in another country, had complied because her doctor refused to give her an exemption. After the first dose, um, her body, after 21 years of her body not rejecting these, or these organs, her body started rejecting the organs. And I, I had the same condition. Right. So she got a temporary exemption but was still forced to take the second dose and was now in desperate need of new transplant. Wow. And that was the clincher for me, among other things, among the fact that I, I'm a firm believer in freedom. I'm a firm yeah. believer in not, you know, holding someone at ransom to do what you want and doing and, and getting a, a decision made um, by force in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that was a part of the story. So I, and again, you know, one of the things you mentioned in a recent post is the, the, the parallels that you can draw between history and historical events and what's taking place today, what we know about, you know, the, the, the Jews, the Jews, what we know about slavery, what we know about apartheid, what we know about the rhetoric, all of that I was seeing played out here. Yes. And I've always wondered, like, how? How did they achieve that on a, such a mass scale when there were enough people that could have said, no, this is wrong? Yeah. And I was seeing how they did it play out in real time, and it yes. really bothered me. So. Yeah. The, the time, the moment that I um, made the decision to not comply, I wrote a letter to my executive director uh, and I, I shared my concerns. Um, I shared my story and I said, I, don't, I shouldn't be forced to have to tell you what it is that I've escaped and what it is that I'm dealing with and the trauma that I'm trying to resolve in my life. I shouldn't be in a position where I'm, I feel forced to tell you this story when all I wanted to do was put my head down and my bottom up and do my work. Yeah. You know, and here I am giving you insight into a very, very personal and private journey and battle for me because yeah. I'm trying to explain to you why I don't want to be intimidated anymore, why I want my no to mean something, why right. I want to maintain the autonomy of my body and, and I object to the language that is being used against people who are opting out and not complying. If you replace the word un-V, the un-Jade, with yeah. black, as a black person, the world would be in arms if you use that same language. Yeah. They would be up in arms. 
You know, I would never be in a room with an unjay person. Like, I, I would never be in the same room with a black person. Imagine, imagine right. a leader saying that. Right. You know, and so this great unwashed, the segregation, the, you know, all of that kind of just was a, a troublesome to me. And in writing my, um, in writing my letter, I had submitted myself to the process. That's what I was doing. I was submitting myself to the process making a, a conscious decision that I understand what the implications are. I know that I'm putting my job, my livelihood, my everything on the line, my life on the line. If I don't work, I don't eat. If I don't eat, I call. And so many people are facing this reality and still deciding to go through with the, the, the courage of their convictions. My My hope was that Please listen to their story. When you are investigating them, I wrote, I wrote this in the letter, as you are undertaking the investigation, understand that everybody who is making this decision, it has a story. It has a reason that is compelling to them. And even if you disagree, respect their reasons. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And it boils down to... Um, to, there are some things that can't occupy the same house of truth at the same time. And they can't, you can't have two opposing, you know, fundamentally opposing ideals um, that, that, and they can't be in the same house of truth at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. You can't have a logic of, we need to do this to protect people who can't protect themselves, Yet we're going to force this on people who may or may not be at risk, uh, you know, based on certain pre-existing conditions or certain genetic markers um, or like just the fact that that at the time that this was rolled out, let's be honest, if we were really keeping track of the herd immunity, uh, but we didn't test any of that. Right. We wouldn't test immunity. We, we wouldn't test antibodies. Uh -huh. And we can, you know, we can sit there and speculate on why, you know, one of the possible mm. outcomes is we might find, oh, we're at herd immunity. Um, oh. But you, you can't in, 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 one, in one breath say that for every other virus that's ever come around, right, catching the virus and surviving is the best immunity. And then, but for this one, it's different. We don't know anything about it. We don't know anything yeah. about this, this mandated course of treatment. Yet we're going to force it on you, despite what happened in Nuremberg, right? Despite what happened, um, well, and then you talk about exemptions, right? And mm -hmm. and this whole thing about my exemption wasn't honored or the doctor wouldn't approve the exemption. It's like, on what planet is that a thing? Because a uh, human right is not something you get approved. It is a right that you invoke. And... Um, yeah. I uh, actually had at the beginning of all this, I had when I was working at the grocery store, my whole day was was occupied with with enforcing COVID crap, you know, going and telling people that had uh, respiratory conditions, they had to wear a face diaper. And so it just like ate at my core values, as you can imagine. But I'll never yeah. forget. And I, I don't know if I've shared this publicly, but I had a conversation with the local health department that just blew me away. And it's a big part of why I've had the stance I've had is because I knew from the beginning it was, it was malarkey. 
and uh, all of a sudden all the rules of virology change all the rules of you know all the epidemiology rules have changed but it's only the rules only apply to this one thing and you're like what this one thing we know nothing about so right there like my ears were perked up but um i'll never forget so we had we had a stance at the at the store i was managing that that if someone has a a medical condition we're not allowed to ask them what it is but if they had a medical condition we can't enforce the mask policy and that's that's honoring the American with Disabilities Act, which states that you're not entitled to that information. If they tell you they have a disability, they don't need to prove it or anything. It's just they got a disability and you can't force anything on them. So that's what we were operating under. We got a call from the local health department saying that we're on watch for allowing people to wear, come in our store without masks. And I said, oh, we're not doing that. You know, and I explained what we were doing. And she said, well, they have to put masks on. And so I said, um, no, we can't do that. And she said, well, it's tricky because they can't have a generic condition like asthma. It has to be something serious. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you have asthma? Because <laughs> people that have serious asthma, it's serious. You can die. Um, oh so I had to remind her what the American Disabilities Act said. And in fact, I had a copy of it that I was carrying around with me in my pocket. So I pulled it out and I read it to her. And, and I said, it says right here, I'm not privy to that information. Anyway, she says, uh, well, it's not my job to police American with or the ADA. And so I asked her, well, uh, aren't disabilities public health? And she said, yes, they are. And I said, so, uh, so uh, yeah, you, your jurisdiction does go here. So, and then she said, and then her reply was, well, I'm not here to give you HR advice. And I said, well, you just did because you told me to violate the American Disabilities Act, yeah. which subjects us to a minimum $10,000, you know, in court, like, automatic settlement wow. like yeah so wow. anyway she, she's she, her her conclusion to the conversation was you need to speak to someone else so she admitted they were violating it they knew they were violating it the whole time oh, yeah. and that's one bureaucrat unelected with a little bit of power here in little missoula montana uh -huh. and now you amplify that across the entire world and it's not difficult to see what was really going on here and this has nothing to do with whether or not the the thing was deadly or whether or not it was man-made or happened in nature. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not asserting any of that. Basically what it is mm -hmm. is what the actual situation was in the abuse of power. And uh, so it's real, like people can't deny it. It's been happening over and over again. And, and, and people like you and, and myself too, I was canceled. You know, I lost my job over my stance on COVID and, and woke ideology. And, um, and, you know, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, but, this is really affecting people and for real you, for, yeah. I, I can't the trauma um you know the, the the lingering effects if the people who um did not comply are not are not supported um i i i, I don't know how you can even um measure what the long-term effect of being confronted with a decision, it was literally, and I know it sounds, it may sound extreme and it may be scoffed at, but again, it's, it is a life and death decision. If I stand my ground and choose this pathway, not knowing what's ahead, I can't work, I lose my home, I lose my capacity to buy food, because even the welfare agencies were on board with, you know, these these um, 
mandate. So even going to ask for help would have been problematic because one of the things that they require as a prerequisite is that you have been have taken the drug. Yeah. You know? And so it's like they shut they not only force people into this very narrow pathway, um, but then they removed every single recourse that they had could right. to still exist. To still exist. Yes. I, I it just it was mind blowing that yes. if I say no, my life could literally be over. Yeah. And yeah. the ongoing impacts of that even if people have come through I came through um the last time I spoke to you I mentioned that my work my current work situation was a little bit tentative and you know I was waiting to hear um how that would go right for me I I I know for a fact that the um one of the side effects of of this coupled with my personal domestic story um it was a lot it was a lot. I found it. I found it challenging to um, to deal with extra stress. I found it challenging to manage and navigate overwhelm, um, and I found it difficult to really get plugged in to another organization. Does that make sense? Yes. So I feel like maybe on some level, this organization paid for the sins of my previous one. Um, who, where I'd received two letters of direction, I think two or three, to say you are, you are, uh, if you don't do it by this date, you are going to be subject to serious misconduct. It will be on your record and you'll be terminated. Yeah. That, knowing what I fought, fought against to get to this place, um, and, you know, take care of my kids, it was, it was so much. I can't quantify the impact of, the policies that were created around this issue. Um, it, it was everywhere. It wasn't just work. It was church. It was, you know, family. It was everywhere. Everything was infected with this virus, the real virus. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the, the mind uh, virus, right? That was everything was infected by it. Yeah. You know, the white and, oh, my goodness. You know, so I I, uh, I needed to tell you, and I'm doing it on this live stream that I wasn't I, I haven't progressed. I continued on with the organization, so I'm like looking at forward to new things, new ventures. Yes. Um, and again, that was something you know. Your story kind of inspired my my resolve to to be okay with whatever the outcome was. Um, and yeah, that it it it. it I don't know, Jerry. I, I still, I still think about all of those things. I, I hear your story, and you look at the inconsistencies. How they? Um, I've come from a West African nation. Um, I grew up in Australia, so Australia is pretty much what I know. But I still have an understanding of what governments can do when they yeah. misbehave, when yeah. they overreach. I still have an understanding of what can happen if you are not. Uh, given at least the assurance of security um, and, and, and champion to be able to live your values, you know. Um, one of the things we experienced in, in my country was, was religious persecution. So being in Australia, I've always appreciated that they stood by the, the cause of freedom until they didn't. <laughs> and 
I think I'm probably coming late to the party to realize that maybe they haven't always, that it's been a lot longer than this. And this is just kind of like, you know, becoming more overt. But I always valued the, 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 the respect that they had to freedom. And this was, uh, it was uh, such an undermining of what they espouse, of what they preach. They were not walking the walk. They were not living the values. And people were not even able to reconcile the, the dissonance that was taking place, like your situation. How do you, how do you not, how does that conversation not make someone stop and think like, huh, you know what? I never <laughs> thought of it either. that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like about other laws and other rights at play here. It was just like, it was just no. like, you know, neon it, sign. It Thing. this is the thing and i'm only worried about the thing you know oh my goodness yeah and this is all that matters to us this is all that that should matter to you your only problem in this life is this thing the faith nappy situation i tried to comply with it but part of my story again is that there, there was a season of physical abuse where i was strangled and i just it took me a while to put two and two together about why I struggled to wear the face mask yeah. so, so much. That restriction of my breathing was producing like, like this kind of visceral response in me, yeah. you know? And I, I, it was when I put two and two together that I, I was just like, you know what? I'm not wearing it. And no one is entitled to know why. I actually don't care. And if they want to insist, I will tell them and look them in the eye and ask them why they feel entitled to know my business like this. Yes, yes, yes. So, sometimes, sometimes we just need to have all our power taken away to realize how powerful we are. Mm. You know, uh, we always like to think we're strong or we like to think what we would do when the chips fell. But, you know, it just, it, it gives me chills because um, I'm just picturing you sitting there with it going through your mind. And I know that, you know, there was effects outside of the work environment. So, you know, you're talking everything, everything you come in contact with on a daily basis or that that's important to you, you knew what, what, what their opinions were and, and, and what the outcome was. And instead of shriveling and just taking it, you went the other way. Where did that come from, Ruth? Is that something that's always been within you? Um, well, I mean, I'll be completely frank and say that um, the shriveling happened and then the unshriveling took place as well. So it was, there were, it was like a, like this, <laughs> up and down. It was very, very, you know, um, yeah. a rocky, rocky path. But I think that there's always been uh, a thing in me that values freedom. I just, it, it, it's a core value for me, freedom mm -hmm. and truth. I love truth tellers, even if it's uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I just, I would, would rather know the truth, you know? Um, yeah. So that, those are core values. Like I've written my, my screen, screen name, just, just Ruth. But if you read it together, it's just truth. Like to me, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. it represents, <laughs> that's kind of how I want to perceive. It's just the truth. It's just tell me the truth, you know? You tell me the truth, we're good. 
if we know fully what we're dealing with and um, I'm not being deceived by too manipulated, all of that, because again, it forms a part of my domestic story, um, you know, then we're good. So it, it's, I, I value truth. I value freedom. I didn't realize how bound I was and not living my values for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. And then the minute I decided to do it, the minute I decided to break free of that, I was now like, okay, um, the worst that I imagined, it probably, it was worse than what I imagined on the other side of freedom because freedom comes with responsibility. Freedom right. comes with the, the decision to say, I chose this and I'm going to live with the consequences and I'm going to make it work and not hold anybody responsible for the trajectory of my life moving forward. I chose freedom. It comes with responsibility. So that was the decision I made breaking out of the abusive cycle. And then I saw it slowly being taken away again. And I was like, never again. Yeah. <laughs> never again. You cannot yeah. threaten me with the loss of everything because I've literally just experienced that. And I'm just finding my feet. And you want to now disadvantage me again? Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> you know? So there's uh, that kind of like, who do you think you are, though? Politicians. No one has ever liked politicians ever. Nobody has ever trusted them. Everyone has ever, always known they lie. And all of a sudden, they are prescribing you medication and you're taking it? <laughs> yes. In conjunction like, with pharma. What? Of all what? things to be partnered with, pharma. Like, for and, real, seriously? Like, we and can't, you can't ignore this. The conflict of interest? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't care, safe or not. Let's just pretend it's 100% safe and all the reports of the deaths and, and side effects are just bullshit. Let's just pretend. Yeah. Right? Let's pretend. Yeah. That still doesn't change what's happened in the past. That still doesn't change the fact that there's zero liability. It still doesn't change any of that. And at the end of the day, every single person's internal environment is different and never in any way, shape or form. You like you wouldn't you wouldn't mass prescribe ibuprofen to everybody because somebody would be negatively affected or Tylenol. I'm sorry. Yeah, because somebody would be negatively affected by it. Right. So you could yeah. the, you could be conscious, say everybody take two Tylenol three times a day. You couldn't do that. But all of a sudden, this new thing. And, and like and, you said. Uh... The government that nobody, that everybody knows lies, Every, it's like they never do what they say they're going to do. Combining, nope. it's like, it's like, it's like the two most evil <laughs> things you could imagine joining forces to save us from something that. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> and oh, by the way, the regular FLU just all of a sudden disappeared. And that was because of masks and social distancing and it's like oh, oh well that's Lord. awesome how come we never tried that before oh we didn't know that that was going to eradicate it if we would have known we would have tried it why was that the first thing we thought of with this new thing it, uh, it, it, the inconsistencies yeah. like the weight against them is is so it's so incredible it's so profound and i i still struggle so you're when you're saying where does that come from if I if I cannot ask you questions without you flying into some sort of rage, if I cannot ask you questions without you um without you actually responding or you know giving me an explanation for why you want to make this decision, like just w work it out with me. 
then you're an abuser. You yeah. want your you want this this control. And the thing is, I'm not your child. Yeah. Uh, I've got children. Uh, once they graduate to adult pause, the the scope of my my engagement with them has to change. I have mm-hmm. to bring them along with. I can only influence. I can't command. I can't dictate. And yet we have governments, human beings like us, because I always reduce them to that that. They are human beings, and at the very most, they are servants. They are supposed to be the greatest servants. That is what you call a public servant, not a public right. lord. Right. You know? And you had these people um, just espousing rhetoric with, that was so wicked to me, and I, I do not respect that. I cannot respect that. I will not. I will not bow. And that's what they wanted. They wanted everyone to bow the knee. Uh, and yeah. I have a God that I bow to and I will not bow to man or man's decree when they violate fundamental human laws. And it was a violation. I don't like the feeling of being violated. Um, yeah. And it just so happens that the the head of state who was in my state at the time when these things were rolled out, not long after she's on the news saying, you should all be afraid. Yeah, I want you afraid. You should all leave what the house you? thinking that you're about to kill somebody. You you could kill somebody today. All of that rhetoric. I'll never be in the same room with an unjay unja- person. Um, was was um put through an, a, a, a a corruption commission process. Yeah, she was engaged. She was found to have been involved to some degree in corrupt conduct. You want that person to prescribe medication? To me, and you right. want to punish me for right. not complying to that person? Yeah. Are you for serious? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, and you, mentioned- you know. Go ahead. No, no, I'm done. You're on a roll. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm met- just saying, like, it's a violation. Of, like, you know, this, this is live your values, walk your walk, talk, you know, walk your talk, live your values. I look for that in anything and anyone. I know we make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. But to a great degree, if this is what you say, then this is what you should do. If freedom is what you espouse, if you can chastise China and every other nation on earth for violating people's human rights, then you live your values. I want to see that. And I, I didn't see that. Yeah, right, right. Like two things, like can't, can't overemphasize that. There's certain things that can't live in the same house and be the same thing. And you can't on one on one, you know, on one breast say one thing and say the complete opposite and have them both be true. Um, and you mentioned earlier, you know, being treated like children. And I think that is so important. Um, uh, there, there, so there's a number of different levels here that we can go into, but I'll just touch up on a couple. And the one is um, when it comes to our mental capacity and our 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 well-being, like one, we all get to we're all capable of getting to a state of disintegration or overly stressed or overwhelmed. And Ooh. when we're in that state, we're not making wise decisions. We're not thinking creatively. We're not thinking critically. And uh, it, 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 we've gotten to a point where we can objectively say that the ideas that are espoused and the, the logic that we're asked to adopt is coming from a place of mental disintegration. And uh, we can objectively say that. Now, next level is when we talk talk about like the archetypal nature of where we're at right now. And 
you know, in my work, we talk a lot about archetypes and we talk about the victim archetypes and um, or survival archetypes. And a lot of the people that 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 are seeking, you know, health, health guidance and um, learning how to be emotionally resilient. They are at a at a stage where they're in a survival mode in life. Yeah. And when you're in a survival mode, like you're in one of these particular archetypes, right? You're a saboteur or you're in the child yeah. or you're in the victim or you're in the prostitute. And they had so many people in that prostitute, victim, child archetype. And if, if you w- really want to put someone in a survival, uh, survival archetype, scare the shit out of them. Yep. So you could take somebody who's like kind of integrated, but believes the government is is out there for, for my best interest, and the government's like, you need to be scared. Ooh. Oh crap! Ooh. I got disintegrated, Ooh. right? And then it's like, well, I don't really like want to get this thing, but I have to to keep the job. Well, now you're the victim, you're the child, and the prostitute, right? Because you're doing it for money, and yeah. then. If you, for some reason, have a personal, religious, or philosophical reason not to take it, but you take it anyway, oh, sabotage your core values. So yep. we can take a look at we can take a look at whether it was intentional or not. But at the end of the day, we look at the result and we work backwards, right? You're, like you're an investigator, like you know th- that's sometimes how you got to do it. You can say this is where we're at. Now let's put the pieces yeah. together one at a time, closest to the how end did result. We get here? And work backwards. Yeah, how do we get here? We can start at the start or we can start at the end, like, but either way. And so you start at the end and you're like, okay, I can see one country screwing this up. I can see one country being like, ah, overreacting. But every country it was systematic. It was so intentional. Using the same talking points and the same verbiage Mm. and the same flawed logic and the same strategy to drive people. And I don't think for a second that they're too stupid to pick up on what they're doing. So if you know that about human nature, you know that about people and you say, what do we do to get them to comply? Well, we've got to get them in a survival state. So let's treat them like children. Let's treat them like prostitutes. Let's victimize them by saying that the person that doesn't agree with you is trying to kill you. You're a victim. And then there's this wild, this wild, you know, thing from nature that's going to threaten you and you can't see it. It's invisible. Anybody you know can be carrying it. They could, they and it's could be hunting you down. Yeah, and so you just scare the shit out of people, and all of a sudden you've created all four of the, of, of the survival archetypes in one individual. Well, when you're in survival mode, what do you want to do? You just want if if you, you want keep really? your head water for a minute. Yeah, you just want air. You just want air. You don't got time to think about is this air poisonous? Is it toxic? Is nope. the ocean that that I'm in is it polluted? No, you're just like give me a breath of air. And so you create this environment where you're a threat to me, right? Hmm. And that's why, that, that's why we're at where we're at. Like, I don't talk to my father anymore. My father and I have no relationship. And a bunch of shit has gone down my whole life, right? And it came to the point where I got to a point where it's like, dude, you got to pay the piper now. You got some shit to answer for, right? But before that, <laughs> before that, there was comments made about me being an irresponsible parent, right? And... It's like, holy Moses, yeah. and this, this is the outcome. This is the result of it. And I know you've experienced, you know, you know, very devastating results because of it. And, and there's millions of stories like this. So, um, 
Yeah. So it's just it, it's one of those things you realize I mean, where we're at. It's it the the fear factor. Um, I I was to me, and I think I mentioned before about you know, um, after living many years in a particular cycle domestically, I I, I came out of it. And it took a long time for me to register that this is where I'm at because I never ever thought that I would be the person. Does that make sense? I never ever thought when I heard people's stories of you know their experiences, it was never going to be me. I'm I'm just right. I'm too strong for that, you know. And so yeah. when I had to kind of confront that, it was that was talking about what what your your mind does. It was it was soul destroying. That I would allow myself to be subjected to some of the things I, I was um, talking about the prostitu- prostituting um, and that being irresponsible. Um, I was in a situation where I was working full time, and uh, you know, um, my my entire salary was being removed from our joint account, which was the only account that I that I had um, removed from our joint account into a business account only kept by um, you know my ex. And I was being drip fed. So it's, it's that thing as well, like the, the drip feeding of, of, you know, something that you desperately need and making you yeah. feel like they're doing you a favor. It's like, right. it, that, that, that was the same. It was the same thing. I saw the parallel between we've stripped you of all of your rights, your freedom, which we had no right to do. We should be on our knees apologizing to you for what yeah. we did. And yet, just to give you a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, okay, now you can travel 10 kilometers outside away from your home. You want us to, you want, you know, they wanted us to thank them. Right. For letting, yeah. for letting our families gather together in groups of more than five. Yeah. Thank them for the privilege of allowing more than 10 people to a funeral. Yeah. And thank them for the privilege of allowing us to get married. Right. Yeah, right. I, I was, I was like, I'm seeing this thing, and and thinking to myself, I've seen this before, you know, w- with my entire income being taken out of my account, being drip fed, tiny amounts, and having to plead for it, and then being told that I'm financially irresponsible. Wow. wow. You know, th- this is. <laughs> it was just. It was mind blowing, and. The thing that I left with and, and with a solid knowledge of was that I have to put myself in a position where I am not letting fear rule me again because fear, it, it makes me stupid. I made a lot of stupid decisions because of fear. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't, I was afraid to sleep. Yeah. yeah. I was exhausted and I'm just like, ah, like just not. Thinking And so when I heard rhetoric and when I heard the constant drumbeat of be afraid, be afraid, for me, I was like, why do they want us afraid? What is coming? What right. is coming that they want to inflict on us that it's necessary for us to be afraid and not have our full decision-making faculties at work to process, yeah. to rationalise this thing, to make a informed decision about what they're putting on the table right it was intentional there's in my mind there's no way you can tell me that it wasn't 
because, you know, I just, I, I, the evidence is undeniable. Yeah. You know, yeah, it is. Uh, it, 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 you should have saw it coming. If, if you didn't do it on purpose, how did you not see it coming? Because everybody did and everybody was, was screaming it out loud. And instead of you listening and processing it, you hit the mute button on those guys. And how did you not, when you did become aware, roll it back very quickly? Like roll it all back. Like restore everybody to equal status because these the, the two-tiered system is still at play. It's now embedded in our in our normality. New normal. It's normal. New normal. It's normal yep. that we look down on people who have not complied. Yes. You know, it's and it's normal that you know it, for a country of twenty-five million, at the very beginning. They ordered 180 or more million doses of this thing for 25 billion people. Make that make sense. Doesn't add up. The math is not mathing. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ruth, um, last we talked, you were obviously not so sure about, like, the employment situation. Sounds like that's, that's a little better. But you also... We're excited about a side hustle you got going on. Before we before we wrap this up, why don't you tell people about your little side hustle and, and how they can get some of what you got? Uh, well, um, I have, and again, thank you. It's been I've had a great chat. Um, we oh, haven't yeah. gone to all of the places, but I think we've hit on on the key things. And and you know, I think you know, insight into what we've discussed today should really. Um, um, help people understand that it was it was bigger than just the work situation and and what it, it this thing like we said has infected everything for me devastatingly um yeah. but i still have a lot of hope that things will be restored um i i uh one of my core values again is um helping orphans and i feel like one of my you know one of the things that I'm called to be is a mother, which is, you know, ironic considering what, how everything has transpired in the last few months. Um, but being a mother is like, it's, it's my heartbeat. You know, you're talking about purpose and you always talk about purpose. Um, I'm very sure about that. Um, but it's more than being a mother to the children that I uh, have given birth to. It's being a mother to orphans, to people who don't have anyone to call mom. Um, I have two cousins who um, were orphaned very, very young, and my heart, they, that, that's what kind of lit the flame in me to say, kids like this deserve opportunities. They, ne- they should never, they, they're susceptible to neglect, to being violated, to being exploited, to being used and abused and discarded. They're so vulnerable to it. And yeah. I want my mission in life to help, you know, change the trajectory of what would be uh, a normal outcome for kids in those situations and through no fault of their own. Um, so my business, I, I want it to be a global thing eventually uh, to create African snacks um, and put my own twist on them. Um, so I've started with an African snack that in Nigeria we call Chin Chin. And I sell that. I, I, I make that from home. I sell it. Um, ironically, the reason I've never really um, 
fully invested in building the business is because I was working full time and I had to work full time. I had to yeah. work for the money. Yeah. You know? So and now you've that this... was always that was always my my excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going to hold myself accountable now. It was always my excuse. And now I don't have that excuse. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to I you were forced to, to you were forced to like really inventory all your values, right? Because we have values to be employed. We have values yeah. to earn. We have values to keep the yeah. lights on. But there yeah. are some values that you just cannot sacrifice. And if I'm being honest, the people that I know that um, that went against their own values, they are suffering as much or more than the people like myself and like you that really were just punched in the face with with the with the uh, the woke culture, the the Gestapo, Absolutely. whatever, whatever, however you want to, you know, however you want to, but we can hold our head high and we know that, you know what, I made the right call. And, and now I know what I'll do if this happens again or something like this happens again. Right. Cause now I've set a precedent for myself. Um, oh. And I, you know, and the, the thing that that's really disgusting is the people that trusted and had very negative side effects. And, you know, that affected me as well. And, and <clears throat> I can't help but think that there's obviously a real high power at play here that puts us in the, in certain situations at certain times. And for me, it was like, I mean, it was months after, you know, my, my situation had occurred and, and, um, a, a client of mine, um, actually texted me when I was in California for a class and, and, she, you know, she was like, I took it and now I'm in the hospital and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, <clears throat> so long story short, she was in the hospital two weeks straight, um, almost died, still suffering oh, bad side effects, extreme neuropathy. And uh, she had she showed me the list of the specialists that looked at her. And it was over 20 different specialists. And everything that she was uh, presenting with matched uh, diabetic neuropathy and Guillain-Barre syndrome. Both were known side effects. And um, yet not one of those 20 specialists could give her a diagnosis. And there was one oh particular diagnosis that they were absolutely refusing, refusing to entertain. And here is this gives me chills. So this, this, at this time, I go, I get back, I, I fly back to Montana, I get off the plane, I go right to her house. And I, I show up there and she's got oxygen. And I'm going, what's that? And she's like, it's oxygen. Well, I know what it is. But why do you have it? So she told me and her oxygen at the time was hovering between 82 and 85 with oxygen. And so I asked her immediately, I said, well, was there a respiratory therapist there? Yes. Okay. Well, what, what did they have you do? Well, they tested my breathing. How did they test it? They tested it standing and sitting. Like, did they test your diaphragm function? Because when your organs, any organ, all your organs defer out, you know, defer pain and dysfunction out, you know, like when you have a heart attack, your left arm goes numb. Um, mm. And so I know that if, if she was experiencing that, she probably had organ dysfunction and all your organs defer to some degree to the diaphragm. Gotcha. So I'm thinking Ooh. organ shut down, yeah. defer to diaphragm, oxygen low. Is your diaphragm working? So no, they didn't mm -hmm. test her. So I got, I said, get up. She got up. I had her up against the wall, 
had her do some piston breathing, diaphragmatic piston breathing. Within one minute, we got her to 99. Within one minute, her baseline without oxygen dropped between 92 and 95 after that, and it's never gone below 95. Now, here was the instruction she was given. Oh, my. 20 specialists, doctors, um, uh, respiratory therapists, all these people that went to way more college than I ever did. Their instruction to her was go home with this oxygen, and if it doesn't get any better, come back. We're going to have to put you on a ventilator. Now, here's where the chills come in. Shortly after that, I start getting a DM from this gal in Australia, actually. And her mom went through, same age, uh, 69 years old, same age, exact same story. She just all of a sudden fell ill, couldn't control her her body functions, and she she went to the hospital. Oh, upwards of 20, 20 specialists looked at her, and I was just getting chills. I'm like, this is the same story. So I said to her, I said, you need to get your mom on a Zoom call with me. I need to check her breathing or get uh-huh. her to someone who can. Uh-huh. And she was just so scared. She's like, well, but the doctor says this and doctor says that. And I said, look, listen to your doctor by all means, but explore all your options. And like your doctor's not getting her off of oxygen or up to a healthy, you know, her organs are dying. So... You know, there was a week or two of that, I and mean, I'd check in up, on, check up on her every few days, and and um, you know, still nothing's gotten better. Well, one text I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, she's back, she's back in. It's not good." And I said, "What do you mean by it's not good? They've got her on a ventilator." Oh yeah. And oh, unfortunately, my. she is no longer with us. Oh my. And this oh, is a my, real my heart. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, this is a real effect of what's going on here. And this is, you know. The way I, we've I, been failed. The way yeah. we have been failed by the the, the medical fraternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I, people if, like I, I, our story and we're unhinged. All of a sudden, we're unhinged. I, I have mm-hmm. no, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, my heart, that's unnecessary. Completely yeah. avoidable. Yep. Completely avoidable. Yep. And no sorry. No acknowledgement. Not just, one. Not I, one. I just, I, I, that, that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. And how do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile that if you were the person that encouraged your mom or your dad or your family member to get this thing? How do yeah. you reconcile it? You, you, you know? You, you've got to get really, you've really got to get a, a relationship with God at that point. Because you didn't have one when you made that choice. I'm sorry you didn't. Like, and that's not a judgment. That could have been a weak moment. Could have been a state of disintegration where you weren't, you couldn't be trusted with an important decision. But at the end of the day, that's what it was. You know, you were playing God at that moment. You were, yeah. you know, you, you're 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 giving this advice to somebody um, without knowing what you're doing, right? Yeah. And it's so weird yeah. because I, I can't even give. You know, I can't give like nutrition advice to some stranger and, you know, online, depending on what their state laws are or whatever. But anybody and everybody can give that advice. You've got to get this. Have you had mm-hmm. it yet? Have you yeah, had the, you, have you you had the booster it. yet? You, you have to get it. Yeah. Exactly. How, I, I'm just, I, what? Yeah. I, that, that's a heartbreaking story. My God. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> My, God. Just, My God. My God. I just, you know, like I just, the risk, 
that people have been exposed to. The, 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 the fallout, I don't even think we've begun to see what the fallout will be from this. No, no. And will we acknowledge that what we're looking at is what we're looking at? There's the right. thing, right? Because now we're talking about empty? long why, why COVID. Why not anywhere? What's that? Now we're talking about long COVID. You know, yeah. we're talking about long... Uh, it's like, hold on. So so you're telling me that all of the symptoms we ha that you told us about before as a result of having the virus, now um, everyone's been, you know, jabbed and, and medicated against those symptoms and now... Um, they're getting symptoms that are attributable to a long version of the virus mm -hmm. and not the medication that you prescribe. Like you want us to take that that monumental leap of reasoning. I, I'm just, I, I, I don't know. My, my heart is just as, as much as possible, you know. I've had people in my world, I, there are very few people in my world that haven't, gone through with it at least the first two doses um one of the things that i've been committed to is stopping people from doing any more just telling them just wait just wait yeah. and also letting them know that there is another side to um not complying not complying and at the end of the day if you die free then you die free yeah if that is the only outcome then die free. Don't die a slave. Don't die bound. Don't die, you know, like just subject to to the diabolical decrees of man. Yeah. Yeah. Die That's, on your feet is better than living on your on knees. Hundred <laughs> percent. And that where can they get your African snacks at, Ruth? Ah, okay. Thank you for taking that. us back. That was such a, a heart wrenching story, and I, I will, you know, believe. I didn't mean. To, I didn't mean to put you in a place disorders. like that. Yeah. I'm no, sorry. no. I just, you know, there's so it's so she's one of too many. If it was a, an exception to the rule, then you know, so be it. It happened. She's one of too many people. You know, yeah. I've met people who said that they had symptoms akin to a car accident, severe car accident. And they've not, they, they, are, they don't drive, but nobody puts the pieces together. Nobody allows them to say, after I had this medication, I suffered these symptoms. The medical profession is denying them the, yes. the ability to, to connect it and find the source of this thing they've experienced. So that means you, you, you have to walk around mistrusting everything. What can you trust if you can't yeah, trust your... Your, your thinking and your processing and your reasoning. Exactly. And that goes back to, you know, the whole, like, you can't have two op opposing ideas live in the same house of truth. So it's like, on one hand, you've got like, well, I love this one. It's like, oh, well, you can't trust VARES. Why not? Because anyone can report to it. Okay, awesome. What's the trustworthy one? Uh, and why does the CDC insist on using the non-trustworthy one? Uh... And if the doctor refuses to file a report, who should file it? Uh, yeah, do you, you see how all these ideas cannot live in the same house of truth? They cannot, and they're all good questions. That yes. if there is no answer for them, if there is no reasonable, credible answer for them, then proceed with caution should always be your your mentality. 
But the problem with the fear factor is that you cannot, it, it robs you of the capacity to proceed with caution. You yeah. just desperately want to be out of whatever this is. But they are you. never pleased. They, the abusers, what I learned, you cannot appease abusers. They're never satisfied. They're no. never satisfied. No. And that's exactly what has been played out. We were told two, two doses, everything goes back to normal. All of your freedoms get restored. Where are we at? Yeah. Con- approaching dose number five now. Yeah. And, and yours still- doesn't work because I didn't take one. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's unimaginable. But, uh, you know, my product is um, I am in the process of um, redesigning and rebranding. I think I mentioned that when I spoke with you. Yeah. Um, so I'm not openly marketing it, but I um, do sell it in Australia. I have a, a an Instagram page. Anyone can reach me, reach out to me via Insta. Um, okay. It's called Enter Mama Land or something like that. Just look for Mama Land Enter um, with my face on it. Um, and they can order right now. Uh, overseas orders might take some time, but I am. This is what I'm. I'm here to do right now, Coach, is to build this thing and make sure that um, anyone who wants it can have it, and make sure that when you are in the store and you're looking for snack options, my product will be one of those options. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to get that link um, to that Instagram page, and I'll put it in the in the uh, comments of this post. So. Yeah. Um, Man, Ruth, I'll, I just I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story and what a what a powerful powerful person you are. Everything you went through, we didn't get to touch up on on half of it, but everything you went through leading up into this, most people would have been in an extreme survival state, and maybe you were, yet yeah. you just weren't going to tolerate that shit one more second. You weren't gonna you weren't gonna play this game of oh you. You came home and, and thumped me upside the head six days in a row, but on the seventh day you gave me a break. What a nice person. Thank you. Right. right? And so you were just right. like, you know what? I, I know I'm facing this big Goliath, and I, like, I don't know what's going to happen when I take a swing, but I'm swinging. And mm-hmm. the only way that we that – we, I don't want to even say wake up, because those that know, know. And those that are mm-hmm. in denial are in denial. And, guys, this has nothing to do with – with the deep conspiracies, the WEF, and all this just really has to do with coercion and mm-hmm. forcing people to do things mm-hmm. and taking away their human rights. Now, whether you think it was justified or what, that's what really happened. And that's what I'm talking about is whether you know it's right or whether you agree with, with, with the efficacy of, of the matter or not, at the end of the day, if we were being stupid and ignoring science, then that's our right to be stupid. There's no law against yep. being stupid. Absolutely. And there's no law against being ignorant. There's no law. And that is our human right. You know, God gave us free will and we have that free will. And at some mm-hmm. point, I don't care what you're shoving down my throat. Just the fact that I was born with free will and the fact mm-hmm. that you're trying to take it from me is why I'm choosing to invoke it. Come on now. And that is all. Because- the explanation we need. And I hope that more people hear your story. Come on now. Yeah. Come I hope on they now. hear your story. And I hope that they find a way to find their power, their strength. Maybe Come they on. gave it away. And maybe they said, damn it, I was fooled. 
And maybe this never is just, again. This is just the reminder because you know now the CDC's backing up, Fauci's backtracking. We got an election coming up, so they got to make sure all the grass is the same height. The narrative, the narrative has to sound the narrative right is now. shifted, and that's how Nothing stupid to do with they truth. think we are. That's how stupid mm-hmm. they think we are. That we're just going to mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, that's nice of you to finally see the truth. No bullshit, bullshit. Oh no. Bullshit. There has to be justice, and there will be justice. There will be justice. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. There's only one way for this to play out, in my opinion. Now, it might take one year, 10 years, five years, 100 years. There's only one way. This ball is rolling, and you can't put people back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Not if we're still Mm -hmm. breathing. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank you. Wow. That was awesome. We are definitely going to keep in touch. Yes, sir. (laughs) <laughs> guys Absolutely. if you if you don't if you don't already go to instagram follow ruth just ruth um very powerful person very powerful person just being exposed to her energy will brighten your day i can promise and um and I look think- I'm, I'm in the market for new friends because i've yeah. my entire social media everything yeah. present so i am rebuilding with uh, you know friends who um at least are, are happy to hear um what I have to say, even if they disagree. Um, so that's, you know, I'm, I'm really open to kind of meeting, meeting like minds and, and engaging with new people. All right, guys, go over to Instagram and follow Ruth. All right, Ruth, I appreciate Thanks. it. Much love. Thank you. Powerhouse. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye.